Why name a podcast, Why Find Water? It's a great question, and I hope to shed more light on this today. I'm your host, Jared Carpenter, and this is Why Find Water. Wi-Fi is all around us. It's oftentimes the first thing we ask for after flying thousands of miles and taking a week or two off to escape. Excuse me, what's the Wi-Fi password? This isn't an uncommon question when arriving to a hotel, hostel, resort, or even a friend's house. I mean, why burn your data when you can use their Wi-Fi, right? It's become such a part of our society that bars can be known as radical for not having it and replacing it with signs like, no Wi-Fi, please talk to your friends or talk with a stranger. Wi-Fi connects us to the internet, aka the digital world. It's what allows us to do our online banking, watch Tiger King on Netflix, turn our home TVs from around 2008-2009 into smart TVs, and watch old highlights of Messi. But maybe that's just me. Wi-Fi allows us to do a million things, and it even allows me to record this and probably you to listen to this podcast, especially if you're at home, or at a friend's house, or at a bar, or anywhere that has Wi-Fi. It's become so essential to our world that not having it can even create a more widening gap of inequality especially as education goes more online. Just imagine the single parent who can barely make the rent, groceries, and pay for the utilities, never mind the cable internet bill. In the information age, information is a currency, and not having access to it won't allow you to compete at the same level as someone who does. But before we go down the inequities uh, in access to the internet and Wi-Fi, let's look at water. Water, where to start? Without it, we would just die. It's the single most important resource on the planet. And for many of us in the U.S., if that's where you're listening from, we never stop to think about it. It's hardly ever turned off. And all we have to do is walk to our faucet, turn it on, go to the shower, turn it on. It's something we really just don't think about. We never even stop to calculate our daily, weekly, monthly, and then annual usage. It's one of the biggest things we take for granted in our daily lives. On a more personal level, it's one of the biggest differences between the United States and almost every place I've ever traveled to. People are a lot more water conscious. It's a lot more in the conversation. And especially when you travel in the Americas and Central and South America, due to the agricultural strength of many of these places and the subsistence farming, it's just a lot more of a conversation. So I don't really know what else to say about water. And I'm going to leave the diatribe related to water usage for another entire episode And for now, let's just say that it's a need that we often conflate and intertwine with life's wants, like our pools, fancy cars, the need to wash our fancy cars, etc. The importance of these two items can really be summed up by two films from nearly half-century running fictitious series, James Bond. And yes, I'm going to bring up James Bond on episode two of the podcast. Now, when I think of James Bond, I think of a couple things. One, I think of Goldeneye. I am not good at video games, and GoldenEye was maybe the only video game I was ever good at. And I was only ever good at it when I used the GameShark cheat code at my cousin's house when I was about 9 or 10 or whenever N64 came out, and I would have the golden gun, number one. Number two, it reminded me of the high school epic conversations that we would have when TNT or TBS would run the Bond Marathon, and I would get in with it with... One of my neighbors, a childhood neighbor growing up named Ian, and we would argue about who was better, Roger Moore and Sean Connery. Now, I think I was pro Sean Connery and he was pro Roger Moore, or maybe it was the other way around, but either way, it was a childhood debate that existed before smartphones, Wi-Fi, and the internet, and so it was a lot of just opinion, which was beautiful. You remember those conversations back in the bar where we would say, oh, who was better, so-and-so or so-and-so in this season, 
you know, in the Premiership or in La Liga or in the NBA or in any sport. And we had no way to actually look up data right in our hand. Now those conversations don't have as much, happen as much. And if they do, I don't know. I don't, they're never as fun as they once were. And three, finally, the ridiculousness or potential genius of the series' films and plots. I mean, in Moonraker, they literally are fighting over the dominance of the moon. And here we are in 2020, Donald Trump now has a space force. That happened. So today I want to focus on two of the series' films, plots that I think are really ridiculous when I first heard about them, but now they make the most sense in the world. The first one will be Tomorrow Never Dies, which came out in 1997, and Quantum of Solace, which came out in 2008. Now, in Tomorrow Never Dies, Pierce Brosnan is basically taking on, uh, Pierce Brosnan as James Bond is taking on Elliot Carver, who's played by Jonathan Price. Uh, and Jonathan Price is a media mogul baron, so think of like Roger Ailes, who is trying to start essentially a, a war between England and China. And as a media mogul and baron, he will have exclusive rights to this, and then he'll be able to basically dictate the war. And if he can dictate the world war, then he'll be the ruler of the world. Now, at the time, a 10-year-old me, you know, a 10-year-old me just said, that's ridiculous. How could controlling the media lead to national, regional, or even world dominance? But I was 10 years old. Media wasn't where it is today. There wasn't Twitter. There wasn't Facebook. You can go through all the lists of social media that there wasn't. I don't even think there was MySpace, for those of you who remember that was. So that movie really talked about the power of media, and it put it in a Bond villain, like that's a way to take over the world, and I didn't understand. So then let's jump ahead 11 years, and Quantum of Solace comes out. And now Daniel Craig uh, is playing James Bond, and the, the bad guy in this movie is played by Dominic Green or Matthew Almerich. He's a French actor and filmmaker. And his whole thing is he's in Bolivia and he's trying to take control of the water. Why does he want to take control of the water? Because if he takes control of the water or if he takes control of the land that owns the water, i.e. the water, then he'll be able to control the government vis-a-vis the power of the military. Also, once again, I was in 2008. I was in college. I was 21, 22. I didn't understand the importance of water. So 97, as a little kid, I didn't understand the power of media. And in 2008, I still didn't really grasp the importance of water. And I think because I didn't have any, I didn't have any life experience with that. You know, life in the United States had always been turn the faucet off, turn the faucet on, turn the faucet on, turn the faucet off. And sometimes maybe in the summer, we'd have to be a little bit more, you know, there would be like a water ban. So we couldn't wash our car. We couldn't, you know, water the lawn. But on the most part, it was never an issue in my life. So we'll fast forward to 2010. And I'm in the Peace Corps in Guatemala. And I was sent there with 45 other gringos or, you know, people from the United States to volunteer. Um, The program I was assigned to was Healthy Schools. And I'm sure now with, you know, my ability to talk about the sustainable development goals and a lot more of another, you know, another lexicon with international development, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I could probably speak about it in a lot more of an eloquent manner. But the reality of it is I was sent out to villages to help school faculty help the children improve washing their hands and brushing their teeth. I wish it sounded more sexier. I I wish it sounded sexier, but that's the truth of the matter. Most Peace Corps volunteers go to do very mundane things. Now, it's not going to be what they say on their resume or what's on their LinkedIn, but that's the truth. And that, at the end of the day, is normally what um, what needs the most support. You know, complex things can be solved by simple solutions. 
Um, that's not the world I think they raise us in in this technology where everyone has to write code to solve the world, but you know, many complex things can be solved by simple solutions. So in the Peace Corps, I, you know, each day was an absolute true adventure. And it's really hard to sum up my 26 month experience in Guatemala in the healthy schools programs. But one of the main, the main takeaways that I took, obviously, you know, friendships and, and other amazing experiences. And I still have people I consider family down in Guatemala. Um, but what I really took home, one of the big, biggest lessons I took home was the importance of water. Um, and it was extremely difficult, nearing impossible to increase the daily habit of washing one's hands and brushing one's teeth if you don't have water, not to mention survive. So as I started to spend more time in these communities and even live out in these communities, as some of them were farther away, so I would have to spend a week at a time out there, seeing how people had to navigate the daily hunt for water will forever have changed my experience um, around water. Um, many of the communities where I worked at the time when I arrived didn't have running water or electricity. And so before we could even jump into the bureaucratic and kitchen curriculum that I had been sent with, um, you know, which is kind of influenced from Washington, but really just that had been built up over years and years of volunteers in the Healthy Schools program, we almost had to kind of dive in head first. Um, and this is at a time where my Spanish is not where it is today. I'm out in a community where there are cultural beliefs that like if you're a bad behaving child, the gringo will take you. There were a bunch of things in play. Um, I'm a Colombian also. I was, you know, I was born in Colombia, so I'm not blonde hair, blue eyed and like 6'6". Six, six. Uh, there was a lot of things in play, but I basically went into these communities and one of the first things we had to start to do was to really start to petition local NGOs to help get some of their money. Um, you know, NGOs would be in there from the States and we ended up working with a, an NGO that had uh, money coming in from a church, I believe from Texas. And we leveraged some of that money, some of the community's labor and some of the local municipal money and we were able to do water projects. And the water projects were, were amazing and it was great to see how people would rally around that because they were basically, you know, they were putting in their labor, which is their time. The municipality would put in um, some mason workers and some, you know, some, some rocks some cement and some other things that we need. And then all the other materials that we would need would be bought um, with the money that I was able to get from nonprofits in the States. But it was amazing to see how these communities were transformed with just having water so the kids could, you know, wash their hands and brush their teeth. The next step beyond that would obviously be way, you know, finding a way to filter it so that way they could drink it. Um, once again, that's an entirely, uh, entirely different uh, topic about water. But it's important to never dawned on me probably before I went to Guatemala. And that's an extremely privileged thing to say. Um, and I think for, for maybe, maybe one of you or some of you or any of you who are listening to this, maybe you have a similar experience where you, where, you know, you realize the importance of water. Um, and then, so circling back, I leave, so actually fast forwarding a little bit. So I leave Guatemala, uh, in 2012, I go to Colombia. I'm there until 2013. And then when I come out of Colombia and I move to New York for grad school, there's this thing called Twitter and I didn't know what Twitter was. I didn't know what a tweet was. I just didn't understand it. There's also this thing called the iPhone. Now the iPhone came out, I believe in the fall of 2007, um, the first iPhone. And so during the end of the time of my college career, no one really had it. We still had flip phones, still had like the Motorola, Motorola the Razor. 
And and then the three years that I was in the Peace Corps, so almost it was almost three and a half because there was some time in the middle there um, between both of my experiences in Guatemala and Colombia, the world had sped up and the world had gotten closer and the world had, social media was all of a sudden booming. There was Instagram, there were Twitter, Facebook was starting to turn more into the, the giant that it is today. And the world was moving at a thousand miles per hour. So I slowly, not slowly, I very quickly understood leaving the Peace Corps, the power of Wi-Fi, media, connectivity, uh, information, and water. And so those things have been motifs and themes throughout, I think, most of my adult life from basically leaving um, college onward. And so when I wanted to come up with this podcast, um, and I've been wanting to, you know, basically get my blog back up, but I I figured a podcast would be easier because I can just kind of talk. I'm not going to edit this. If it's awkward, it is. We're just going to throw it up. Um, but water and Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi and water for that matter are everywhere. They're literally everywhere. And so taking that even into the last couple of years, I've seen it with the Keystone Pipeline. I mean, these are people who are indigenous to the United States who are fighting for their land because they want to put a pipeline up river, which if it were to break, and it did, it would basically contaminate their water source. They were literally fighting for their lives. We have Flint, Michigan still doesn't have water that they can drink and it has caused many, many problems, which also ties into racism and Black Lives Matter, which I will talk about probably in the next episode. But many of that, you know, many of those communities are not are not are not getting the 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 backing that they should from local na, you know regional national government because they're communities of color, they're indigenous communities or they're black communities. So Wi-Fi and water, it, it really is a ubiquitous um, thing that I hope to encompass a lot of things on this podcast. I don't think it's going to be a a niche, a niche podcast. And I know that's what you're supposed to do, um, but I'm hoping to create content and to have guests on that will talk about a myriad of different things and. You know, some week it will make sense to you to listen and other weeks it won't. And other weeks you'll be like, oh, I don't know about that, but I'd, I'd like to learn. And then coming full force, you know, all the way up from Tomorrow Never Dies in 1997 with this fictitious guy named Elliot Carver, you know, then we have the rise of Breitbart and Fox News gets even more, um, you know, into into fake news, as it were. They, they admitted today it was a New York Times article um, and I'm recording this uh, on the 14th of June. Um, they admitted today to having doctored, you know, having doctored images. Um, so it fit their narrative. Um, and from Fox News, you know, people have been complaining about Fox News being, being, you know, extremely conservative, right wing, and, you know, even, even authoritarian for years in the way that they talk about immigrants, the way they talk about the LGBT community, the way they talk about basically marginalized communities. And, you know, we have to be, uh, we, we have to be, we have to keep our eye out for the next thing. Cause the next thing is the OAN and the president of the United States is already using Twitter full circle with Twitter, um, to spread conspiracy theories that OAN is publishing and OAN could potentially be, should Donald Trump win in 2020, it could be, um, his essentially, uh, you know, kind of hand in glove media where they tweet what he says and, and and vice versa he tweets what they say because that's kind of the relationship they've had with fox but fox is a little bit more moderate when it comes uh when it's compared to oan um and you know you have the the rise of misinformation and fake news on levels i don't think we've ever seen um in the last year i can't even tell you how many times i've seen people on facebook and on instagram 
or on a WhatsApp feed or whatever, whatever it is. So the medium of sharing information, share something that was just actually not factually, uh, you know, factually backed up. It was not based in fact. It wasn't peer reviewed. It was someone's opinion uh, and it was just put out there on the Internet. And I think it's an extremely dangerous thing. So Tomorrow Never Dies 1997 with the idea of controlling media to control the world. Um, and then Quantum of Solace 2008 and controlling water to control the world. I think those things are full circle and I think in the future um, people will be fighting. There will be wars, world wars or regional wars fought, um, fought not over oil, um, but fought over land, land that is tied intrinsically to water or just fought over bodies of water. Um, that is the future. Um, and so I'm... I'm, I'm, I gave the name to the podcast, Why Find Water, because I just think it's so ubiquitous. Uh, and when you walk into a bar in the United States, there's normally two things. There's the Wi-Fi password, and when you sit down at the table, there's a little thing that has the Wi-Fi password, and there's water. And so that's where we are. It's all around us, and I think it's really important that we understand how those two things uh, play a role in, 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 in everything, you know, whether it's... The Wi-Fi getting us to, you know, Wi-Fi connecting us and, and water giving us life. So next time you're in a bar and they have Wi-Fi and water, think about us. Um, that's going to be all for this episode. If you have any questions or if you want to be a guest, please DM us at Wi-Fi and Water Podcast on uh, Instagram. Thanks.